Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is a special episode on breaking bad habits. How do you use systems thinking in order to break bad habits, especially the habit systems that I have created? I'll be honest with you, I had some hesitations about making this. It was because somebody messaged me directly and they said, I have a very hard time stopping this bad habit and that is masturbation. And there is no shyness in religion. That was one of the things my my teacher would say. Because what's interesting is if you saw the explicitness of the hadiths about SEX, about what the prophet said, if people right now saw that and they had the power to delete it, they would. And that is why sticking to the sunnah and not changing the religion is so important. This is what they mean by it. Not letting your nafs, if it doesn't feel right, people might fall into this. People might fall into that and base our thoughts on what shaitan influences, by the way, to come to conclusions. So I really saw some sort of suffering from that. And I also see a communal taboo. And I really want to talk about this, but I'll put it under the umbrella of breaking bad habits. I don't want to talk directly about this. I want to show you how interconnected it is. And that is why I think my perspective on habit system is going to completely blow your mind by the end of this. I'm going to be talking about Islamic law, Western law. We're going to put it together. And by the end of it, I'm going to be giving you exact steps to follow so that you can know exactly what to do. I'm going to give you some resources and inshallah, we will be a lot better for this. And I'm so excited to start this episode. And without further ado, let's get started. When we're talking about the topic that was asked in this email and how this person was having such a hard time, we have to zoom out. And this is about relationships. It's about love. It's about getting married. We already have the solution, right? The solution is getting married. And I will tell you, I want to put a little bit of an anecdote on this. I have been married for the past 10 years and I have a lot of friends who, a woman who I've talked to, and this issue, especially with men, does not just stop just because you're married. Okay. Let's start off with Islamic law. Islamic law is preventative. While American law or Western law, let's talk about mass incarceration. You guys, English is my third language. When When they put people in jails okay we put a lot of people in jail for doing bad things we just stuff them in jails we build new buildings we stuff them in jails and we let them rot over there but in order to prevent crime and things like that islamic law what it does is preventative law so that is why islamic law if you look into it is very very harsh because it's about the preservation of society so if people feel ashamed And if we eliminate certain things, then people won't fall into this. We can preserve our religion. And you should look into maqasid al-sharia in which you can preserve your religion, your deen, your wealth, your lineage, all of that stuff. It is about preservation. That's when I kind of started realizing the situation or the problems that we have, the systems that we have and we live in are the source of the problem. Okay, so if you sit there and you're blaming yourself for your habits of like, I do this thing, I'm on social media too much, all of these bad habits, I'm eating too much, I'm gaining too much weight. But the food system in America, the accessibility of your phone, these are the source of the problem. So that's why I like to think in terms of habit systems. Problem if we do not think in habit systems is that we blame ourselves for the bad habits that we do alone. 
but we ignore that we are a part of a system. And as humans, we are always a part of a system. We live in a society that tells us you alone, individual, that is how it works, but we are all interconnected. Systems thinking, I talked about this in the first episode and I explained, I talk about the elephant and how you solve the problem is by looking at things all at the same time. But most people just like to think about one part and one part and you're not going to solve your problems if you're looking at things in parts. You have to put everything together. So that's why I think my approach and my methodology is a lot more different than what you see out there. So now let us analyze the system. Western system is about accessibility and it's about subconscious behaviors. You get access to whatever you want. If you have the discipline, then you can stop it. But have access to it now social media detox is something i've been working on since 2017 i took my phone use from like nine hours to two hours i worked extremely hard on it but one of the biggest problems was accessibility it was right there so i started setting up systems mindset is part one right like what you think about it what you want what you desire and desires are very hard to to control let's be 100 percent honest especially because of if there are innate right procreation you want to have kids you want to be loved these are natural instincts and marketing oh the american system products manufacturing they love to take advantage of that marketing have you seen these ads they are targeting your pain points your fears they're going directly into your desires and your wants but unless you can work above that you're going to have an extremely hard time we're living in an age where it's about attention So you watch a lot of ads in order to get free content. So it's an attention economy now. Everybody's splitting your attention in multiple parts. But guess what? What happens in that case? You are very unhappy because we can't focus on something. We can't finish nothing. We don't learn nothing. It's a problem. So when I go on my social media detoxes, why I am so intent on social media detoxes is for a reason, my people. It's because the system that we live in is not set up for our success. It is set up for the success of companies. So you have to level up, okay? Now let's stop blaming the Western culture. I'm going to go for the Islamic society that we live in right now. And I'm going to be 100%, right? No shyness in religion, okay? We're not holding back. We're going to be real, especially because we are suffering from it. I see so many young girls right now who are not married. So many young guys who are not not married. But is it just a Western problem that we're doing these bad habits behind closed doors that is such a common issue? Or is it actually that Islam, this preventative law is not being honored, that we're not being given methods in order to do things in a halal term? Because the thing is, within marriage, sex is allowed. But without outside of it, it's not allowed. So it is the condition and the situation in which it's not allowed, not the act. And I think that's such a huge thing that we need to bring into perspective. So what I want to talk on is the separation of men and women. We do not know how to act around men and women. <laughs> like, we have no idea. Like, there are so many issues. And it's really interesting because Islam is a sex-positive religion. But we have issues where women get uh, into marriages, religious women get into marriages, and they cannot consummate their relationships, which is a huge weird thing if you look at you know the sunnah if you look at hadiths how the the early community of muslims were but this is more of a jewish and and a christian problem and somehow it has become our problem and i think it says something about the system that we have set up islamically whole thing even about separation of men and women so much so that women are on a completely different side 
in my opinion, an innovation. But, uh, you know, whatever. In the sense that if you look into hadith about women in the mosque, I, I forget exactly which story this is. A woman came in during the Prophet's time and she was late and there was no separation of men and women. So she would, the woman would be behind the men and she would talk to him and she'd be like, what was it being talked about? What did I miss? That inter is interaction. But we have gotten to a point, and this is the problem, I think, with, with being conservative. We are a people of the middle path. That's the biggest thing. If you don't stick to the middle, you're going to have a big issue. But what we have done, and this is, I think, a manipulation of shaitan. Yes, zina is no, no. Okay, bad, bad. <laughs> okay, no, let's not do that. Okay, this is not preservation of lineage. You are causing problems. How many people are in foster care? Huge, huge problems systematically if it's not controlled. But a man talking to a woman, asking them questions, talking, that's a sin? I don't know. I don't know. We're so scared, so we use our thoughts and our feelings, and we do not stick to the sunnah. And I think as conservatives, we are having a lot of issues. Like I said, if people saw the explicitness, the details of what happened amongst the sahaba, they would delete it, I think, because we are so scared. We, we follow our nafs and our thoughts and our feelings. You know this is a problem because we see it now. Men and women don't know how to talk to each other because we've never seen each other. But we're supposed to be married and intimate regularly? How, how, how do those two things work together? Why I'm saying these things is for you to understand that this is a systematic issue. You are being forced into a corner from both sides. A lot of single people having issues with dealing with urges. All of these things start systematically. Number one is stop blaming yourself too much. Understand it's a systematic issue. Once you do that, you can have a little bit more, you know, openness. You can feel a little bit better, but also you stop being attacked by shaitan so much. Number two is to understand that the village is not coming to save you. The Western system, <laughs> Muslims, they're not coming to save you. That's what I had to learn in my own situation in which I found my husband at the MSA. I talked to him, but what did I do? I learned the values. Why zina is so haram? Why all of all of these things? You understand it. So now when I talk to him, I'll tell you how it went. It's a little bit of a cute story. We were in the MSA and he started following me around. And I'm like, dude, like, why is he always there? But ultimately he said, hey, I, I, I like you. We were Facebook friends. And he's like, I think we would be good match. And I would like for us to start talking but with the intent of marriage that's how he started off so he talked to me and it was you know me being myself and i've created habit systems to get in this situation and i had a lot as well i had like dreams and stuff because i made a huge sacrifice for allah i said i will not get into a relationship with any man until i meet my husband and this took four years before my husband came into my life and it was extremely hard because of my previous habits you know boyfriend girlfriend it was just something that you do when you come into america of course i had my islamic values to keep me off but not being alone always depending on somebody having them as a crutch for your emotions was something that i had formed it was a habit that i had formed i made that commitment when i turned 18 i said allah i would leave all of this off and i'm going to learn about what the wisdoms behind the law are and then once i did that and i met my husband talking to him engaging with him i'll tell you one of the biggest thing any if any of y'all are getting in relationships first thing is you need to figure out what is wrong with that person i sat with him and i said hey what's wrong with you it's not the cherry on top that's going to keep the relationship together it's you realizing there are three flaws because it's not going to change you guys it's not going to change for a long time and seeing if you can live with that the cherry on top that's wonderful 
but can you live with their bad qualities? And I told him all of my issues, you know, even like in college, I was having a hard time keeping on the hijab and he, he wanted me because of my religiosity. He would see all my Facebook posts. I would write all of these essays. And I told him I'm having a hard time with the hijab and I don't know if I'm going to keep it on. And it's going to be a journey for me. And you'll have to accept that. And he said, I will, especially because he's from a very religious family. After a month of talking and engaging and figuring out if it will work or not, especially because we're from two different cultures. I'm from Ethiopia. He's from Sri Lanka. Um, And we had way, we had so much family drama. And especially because we were seniors in college. And then he said, look, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to tell my parents I'm ready for this. And I said, I can't live my life without you. I, wa- I want you in my life. So that's how it went. But the thing is, I realized that the system was not there for me. And I had to create that system and learn the knowledge or the wisdom, the maqasid of the law, and then apply it. I'm not going to waste my life waiting for the system to act right. Now, let's go into the habit systems. I broke it down into just three steps in order to make it easier. And we're going to be talking more about marriage. And I'm making this podcast specifically for this person. The first thing that you need to do is to work on systematic limitations. There are three of them. Number one is finance. Number two is relationships. And number three is self. In the case of trying to get married, one of the biggest reasons that people don't want you to get married is because you don't have the financial stability to support a family if you end up having a kid. Especially for a man, this is a huge, huge thing. So you have to acknowledge that might be the biggest issue that you're having. Another one is your relationships. If you are at home, you never go to the masjid. If you don't do anything, how are you going to form these relationships? So you have to think about what are the limitations that I have. Like most of us, we come to America and we don't we don't have the support system. We don't have families. And that's the biggest thing. Like if we were back home, like I said, I'm from Ethiopia. And if you want to know the story of how my parents met, my father saw my mom walking down the street. He knew her brother-in-law and then he contacted the brother-in-law and then he went to her father and they're from the same tribe. And that was that. That's how it worked. They were interconnected because they had the community. But us in America, we have none of that. So you have to go and form that community. You have to go to the masjid. You have to know that that woman. You have to know that person. Like I said, I met mine, my husband in the MSA. Others might be an app, really. Like there needs to be a way of finding that person. I'm sorry, but you have to do it for yourself. You have to create the system for yourself. And I'll, I'll explain a little bit on the next step. And the third one is yourself. Is there something wrong with your body? Is there something with your passion? Is there something with your spirituality? You want to marry a Muslim, but you're not really religious. Um, Is there something wrong with your mind? Do you have a lot of, you know, mental issues that you need to go over? So that's what I did. I know when I created the system in order to to meet my husband, I focused 100% on myself. Who is the type of person that I want to be? And then I attracted the person who I want to be in my life. And I worked extremely hard on this. So for you, it might be the finances, it might be the relationship, it might be self. But you need to focus 100% on this and focus 100% on this. And when I say 100%, I mean 100%. Like I told you, in my case, I was young. I said, I'm going to swear off relationships because I needed to find myself. I needed to know who I was and what I wanted. So I made sure to focus on myself, on my mental health, on my spirituality. I focused 100% on them. And instead of waiting for that person to come, because you never know, right? There are certain parts of things that you can control. And if that person is going to come into your life and resolve these headaches and issues that you have, that's not controllable. 
But you know what you can control is your time, your habits, what you do on a day-to-day basis. So that's what I resolved to. And then second, I made sure to have relationships. I went to the physics society. I was on the board. I went to the MSA events. Um, I made sure to look the part, you know, focused on my education so that just in case this didn't work out, I had my education so I can get a job. You know, all of these things, all of these three aspects are necessary and they are systematic limitations, which you can work on. You can actively work on. You have fully control over that. It doesn't matter what the problem is, but ultimately, because you're taking these steps, inshallah, it will have its fruits. And I'm pretty sure it will because the harder you work, the more you get, right? Especially if you set the intention. So let's go on to step number two. You need to identify the problem and acknowledge what the solution is. This is where you are setting the mission. You are setting the goal. For instance, you need to get married. Why can't you get married? Because you are too young, because you don't have the finances, because you don't know nobody, you can't find the right person, because there's something wrong with you. These are problems that are solvable. So you start setting up these goals around things that you are capable of changing. Your habits are extremely difficult to change, right? In this case of self-pleasing. If it's something that's formed, it's in the subconscious, and especially because it's working off of something that is innate you want to be loved you want to be with somebody else this is innate it's going to be very difficult but the systems the systems you can work on changing and then step number three the final step is that you need to break down these goals into small attainable habits so for finance it might be you need to get a degree you need to work on your side hustle wake up every single morning for one hour and study something This is things that you can do every single day that empower you because you know that ultimately once you reach your goal, it's going to be a lot better. Same thing with relationships. Go online, find an event, go to the event. Is it the steeper path? Yes, because you have to show up. You have to be there. You have to see that person. If you see them, talk to them, you know, find out more about them, learn how to actually talk to them how to like captivate the feminine energy as well as to captivate the masculine energy. All of these resources are out there. But once you break it down into daily, weekly, monthly, and annually, you stop focusing so much on how horrible you are for the sin that you did. You have an action plan. You have something that makes your life more meaningful. This is also a similar problem with social media because we use it as a means of procrastination because it's so easy to do. It's automatic. It's accessible. We pick it up and we waste so much of our time on it. Now we're not focused. We're having a hard time studying. We're having a hard time completing things because we are so focused and have been distracted and don't know how to focus. Actually, we have absolutely no idea how to focus. The average American picks up their phone 144 times. It's crazy. Uh, 144 times. Double check me. But it's a crazy number of amount of times that we pick up our phone. If you're constantly distracted, guess what? You have to get back that energy to get focused again. But if that's a habit, something that you do over and over again, you don't achieve anything. You feel crappy about your life one day and you wake up. And that is because we're not focusing on the big aim. We're using our emotions, our predispositions, the tools that we have access for, for instant gratification and not delayed gratification. But the way Allah works, and if you see like in the Quran, subhanAllah, it's about delayed gratification. Why are we told that 
things will come. That Janna, why? It's delayed gratification. Just hold off, it will come. Just hold off, it will come. Understanding the maqasid, the, the, the just the wisdom, the lessons of the law is very important. Instead of just following this religion just because you have to. So the last important point I want to give you is to focus on what you control when you set goals. There are so many things you can't control. You don't know what the outcome will be and only Allah knows this. And that is where faith comes in. We are so focused on the law, right? Two extremes. We're so focused on the law, we forget about the faith part. You trust in Allah, you work with Allah, you make dua and say, hey Allah, this is the part that I'm willing to put in the work, you know, show me a path, show me which way to go, help me make it a means of success. This is something that you do, work with Allah. It's always going to be, and I created this system when I was trying to meet my husband, it's going to be about me and what I do. It's going to be about what Allah does and what the circumstances are with society is. If my husband is going to be ready, if he's going to be present. So there are certain parts that I can control, but all of them have to work in unison in order for this to happen. So you have to have a lot of faith. It's easy for me to tell you that to have faith, but I'll tell you what I went through when I was trying to find my husband. Before I said, I'm, I'm going to be a Muslim, I went atheist and then I, be I became a Muslim. And I said, hey, if this is the truth, I'm sticking to it, but I'm going to trust you. But it was four years. I kept waiting. I, I didn't date. All these guys would come and they're like, we should date, you know, if we like each other. I'm like, yeah, no. But one of the things that I did is I, I would tell a guy that I like him. This is very important. How many years of our lives have we wasted on, on crushes because we think they're the most beautiful thing? But if have you talked to them? Demystification is very important. As soon as you talk to them, you're like, oh my God, this is the most grossest person ever. I don't want to be anywhere near them. So that's what I would do. I would just like, you know, go up to the guy and be like, I like you. And he's like, okay, we should go out. I'm like, uh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> oh, they thought I was crazy. But another thing my friend would say is like, you keep getting in these situations because you keep picking the wrong guys. But I never went too far because of this rule that I set. And that's one of the steps in my, uh, in my system in which if you set up rules, these rules are there to protect you. So I never, you know, it, it never went far, especially because the people were horrible. But what would happen is I'd get dreams of my future husband. And what was interesting is in that dream, it was over and over again, at least twice, I would feel that pure happiness that I feel with him right now. This was completely metaphysical. But he does stuff like that to support you. So if you have faith, there will be things where you see the prophet and, and all of these little things, little signs. Allah is al-latif. So be mindful, pray with an open heart, listen with an open heart, no matter if you fall into that habit. Losing hope is literally the worst thing that you can do. Never lose hope in Allah. Never lose hope in the ability that you have to overcome this. Because what's happening is all of these feelings and the thoughts that you're having, these negative thoughts, are coming from shaitan. It's not you, but we have taken that concept of shaitan out of our vocabulary. So you feel horrible. You want to shut off that, that noise. And the, the problems of suicide are coming from these, these issues. So learn to identify that these thoughts are from shaitan, this self-loathing, feeling like you're the worst person. We are innate good. We are original good. We have Allah supporting us because we believe in him. Have faith in that and train yourself to ignore that and overlook that. Because Allah is the most forgiving and he says that over and over again. So engage with the Quran, work on your mindset, read books, engage with the Quran. That's hint, hint, engage with the Quran, learn how to forgive yourself. I started this habit about five years ago. Every single day for 365 times five days, you engage with the Quran. What happens? You start seeing the world from the view of Allah. Not what people tell you is good and bad, but mercy, 
and kindness and sweetness. And there's no shyness in religion. I'll like to say this again to make myself more confident to speak on this. But the habit of ma- masturbation does continue onto marriages. And I have a friend who is definitely going through a huge problem on this because the reality is even after marriage the habit can come back for instance the woman is tired she's raising your kids and out of sexual frustration you fall back into the old habit again habits do not leave you you have to have an action plan about it also we need to understand when we are so conservative and conservative people have a really big issue with challenges is that we're not teaching ourselves there is not an innate understanding of why something is bad we're just trying to prevent it we're just trying to prevent it so you need to understand ultimately this is a nafs problem shaitan will always continue to attack you there needs to be this willingness to do that self-work and one big thing you know if you ever wonder why this is haram or not and some people say it's makru is that it's too easy it's about instant gratification it's supposed to be about two people it's about bonding it's about love it's about putting that person ahead of you and it's an expression of love that is the intent of this act. Remember, it is not haram to have sex. Sex outside of marriage is. So bringing it back, sharia or Islamic law is about preservation of life, mind, deen, and lineage. It's the conditions and not the act that make it horrible. What marriage does and why it's so important to get married and why the Prophet pushed so hard about this is that marriage ensures access. I need men to understand this. It's not a right because we talk about those hadiths about like a wife must do this. And, and I, as a woman, I want to tell you that it's not a right. It is accessibility, but it's not a right. You have to put in work. But because of this bad habit, because of the culture that America has t- taught us, because of even the Islamic uh, or Muslim people culture, right, in which a woman acts a certain way, it's supposed to be X, Y, and Z, a woman has a right over her body. And for women, it's mostly mental. I'll give you the secret right here. If you put in the work, if you do the dishes, if you buy this for her, if you listen to her challenges, definitely things will be the way you want them to be. So I will leave you with two suggestions. And this is a huge mindset shift that you need to do. Always work on your mindset whenever you're trying to change a habit. It's not actually manipulating the behavior. So I'll give you two books, okay? There's this one book called The Craving Mind, How to Break Habits. Um, you can get it on your library, if, especially if you live in America. I use the app called Libby, where you can get eBooks. Some libraries have it, the others don't. It is an amazing book. It really helped me, especially with social media, just understanding why we do bad things, the craving mind. And there's this great story about cigarette experiment where he sits down with clients and they have addictions, of course. And then he asks them, like, what's going on? Be mindful. And mindfulness is the biggest secret, by the way, for breaking any bad habit. It is the beginning. Because if you don't bring it out of your subconscious mind and bring it in your conscious mind, then it's going to be automatic. You don't even know that you have this bad habit. And that person said, if I don't do this thing, if I don't smoke, I feel like I'm going to explode. And that is how a lot of us feel. And that's why I say feelings are one of the biggest parts of uh, mindset secrets. That is not true. You're not going to explode if you actually don't pick up your phone and scroll. If you do a social media detox, you're going to feel like you will. But physically, that is an impossibility. Make sure to read this book. It's called The Craving Mind. And then number two, the book recommendation that I have, it's called The Courage to be Disliked. It is free on YouTube. Somebody did the, like, the recording audio. It's about six hours. And it's a conversation between these two people, a young guy and older guy. And it talks about Adlerian uh, psychology. And before I came onto TikTok, this was a very important thing for me to read because I have to have the courage to be disliked in order to show my face to 
speak the way that I wanted to speak. But courage is not in the absence of fear. It's not doing something in the absence of fear. Courage is doing something despite fearing it. And that is the steeper path. That is what you're supposed to do. And there's this one story about a girl and how she made up all of these excuses. But there was this one guy she liked. She was blaming the fact that she blushes for not talking to him, for not moving forward. So hopefully this will help you unlearn what society has taught you about being courageous, about what it requires to be a man, what it requires to be a woman. And that's what I'm going to leave you with. Action steps. What can you do right now? What you can do right now is go read these two books. When I talk to my clients, I talk about that. I do not tell them to like manipulate everything and leave. Change your mindset, especially if you want this to be a consistent long term thing. Change your mindset. Work on it daily, weekly. Wake up every single morning at 10 a.m. This is what you do. You read this. You listen to this. When you're doing the dishes, do this. That's why I love habits. That is how you transform your life. But more importantly, you're living life today. You're not waiting for tomorrow. Every single day is going to be magical. It's going to be a step in the right direction. And when you do these habits, especially things that are hard, it becomes intrinsically rewarding. In the beginning phases, yeah, having chocolate because you went on a diet or eating a lot of food because you fasted, that's, you know, that's necessary in the beginning stages. But eventually it becomes intrinsic. You like eating healthy, right? You like doing this. And that's what we want to be. We want to be happy and deeply fulfilled internally. So subhanAllah, this was a great one. Thank you for asking. I hope you gained a lot of value from this. And until next time, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.